listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. So before we get into this episode with Kelly, I did want to let y'all know that I have officially launched a course for you to launch your own podcast in a weekend. So if podcasting has something that's been on the back of your mind, but you feel like it's going to be too much work or you don't even know where to start, I got you. This course has everything you need in order to do it in seriously a weekend. Like it's so doable. So I'm going to link that in the show notes and it's super affordable. It's, you know, it's not supposed to be one of those things that are like this huge investment because I want you to be able to focus on actually making the podcast happen, but it does walk you through everything. And again, podcasting has made such a huge difference in my business. And so I hope that If it's something that you want to do, that you just don't put it off any longer. All right, so let's get into the episode. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Kelly Hubrex. She's a blogger and photographer over at A Side of Sweet, where you'll find recipes, DIYs, style, travel, and a glimpse into her adventures with her husband and her puppy. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I like to kick off these episodes with a little this or that. And if you're ready for it, we can dive in. Sure. Okay, so early riser or night owl? I'm a little bit of both, actually. Uh, If I'm not working, I'm a morning person, but I actually work night shifts as well. So I, um, on those times, I'm up very late. (laughs) Yes, I imagine. Tea or coffee? Coffee. But tea before bedtime without caffeine. Yes, I love that. Podcasts or books? Podcasts. I have a, I commute about 45 minutes by car, and so I listen to tons of podcasts while I'm driving. Awesome. Do you have a favorite podcast right now? I have two, actually. Okay. I, <laughs> I really love uh, Death, Sex, and Money. Oh, I haven't heard that one. So it's a WNYC podcast um, through Public Radio, and mm-hmm. it's incredible. She, uh, the host, Anna Sale, interviews different people from like normal people to celebrities and talks about like these kind of topics that nobody's talking about like death sex and money um (laughs) and she's just a really like she's a great listener and she she really gets people to open up so it's really interesting oh i love that and then the other one that i've been listening to is actually called the armchair expert oh my gosh i love that by dax shepherd yeah and so he does, you know, these, like, extremely long interviews with celebrities. <laughs> they're, like, an hour and a half long. Yeah. But they're so good and so funny. Um, and, you know, it's, like, definitely, I feel like he, he gets people to let their guard down a little bit because he's friends with them. So it's kind of a fun totally. look into their um, personas. Totally. I've only listened to two so far. I listened to the one with Kristen Bell, of course. I had to start there. Mm-hmm. And then the one with Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those which, were both really good. Yeah, I thought the Ashton Kutcher one was interesting. And it was even interesting, like, they talk about, like, sleep training their babies when they have one. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you would never think those two people would be, like, 
talking about that with you. No, it's totally, yeah, it's like definitely behind the curtain, which is, it's really fun. And, you know, podcasts are just easy to sort of have on while you're doing other things, so I really enjoy that. Totally. Okay, do you wear a colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe? Uh, I, you know, I don't have a, a preference. I'd say a little bit of everything. Okay. Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Bloody Mary. And then the last one is takeout or cooking? Cooking, definitely. Yes. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Do you have a favorite recipe of the moment right now? I just made these vegan popsicles with almond milk um, and uh, like a non-dairy yogurt. So they're Ooh. in my freezer and they're they're like the best of everything. They're healthy and they have fruit in them, but they're really satisfying. So yeah, recipe coming to the blog soon. Okay. I am excited. I mean, I had gelato yesterday just like at 2 p.m. because it was so hot out and I was on a walk and I was like, oh my gosh, a popsicle would feel like be so fun right now just to Mm -hmm. like be at the park because I was walking around the park and there was a gelato place. I was like, ooh, popsicle actually sounds really awesome. Okay, so let's dive into your actual blog and I first like need to mention that you are also a doctor. So you're a full-time blogger and you're a doctor. And mm-hmm. how many people are always like, how do you do both? <laughs> Basically 100% of people. <laughs> do you ask yourself how you do both? Yeah. I always say I, uh, you know, everything's sort of on the brink of falling apart at all times. So, <laughs> so when did you start your blog? Did you start that when you were in med school, before med school? Before med school. So okay. I've been blogging for about 13 years. Oh, my gosh. So longer than I've been a doctor. Yes. Was there ever a doubt that, like, you would do both together at the same time? Yes. <laughs> there was a ton of doubt. I, I always thought I would end up having to give it up eventually, especially... I mean, I guess I, don't, I didn't even really, when I first started, you know, think about the future of... It, you know, it wasn't that serious and it was just sort of in the moment. And so, you know, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking like it wasn't a career 13 years ago. It was just like a, you know, it's like a free blog spot blog kind of thing. And then I always thought, because originally I I thought I was going to go into um, pediatric cancer. And the training for that is extremely rigorous, like, you know, 100 hours a week. And so I always thought that that would be like kind of the natural time for it to stop. Um, and you know, just because at that point it would just become sort of untenable to manage both. But then I changed my mind and I went into, um, I work in the NICU in the intensive care nursery with the premature babies. And I have a lot more work-life balance and ICU work actually. So, um, so then I, then I just never stopped. <laughs> so why do you think it is that you just we're able to just keep going and balancing two very separate worlds. Like there's, it's like night and day difference, like the type of, you know, like the side of your brain that you're even using. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it. Um, I think I always tell people, you know, I'm really lucky to have two really separate things that I'm passionate about. I don't think it would be possible. I mean, obviously with the blogging, you know, if you're not really in love with it and you're doing it for the wrong reasons, I think it's, it becomes unsustainable and that's never been an issue for me. Like I always look forward to, you know, doing almost all the aspects of it. Totally. So when it comes to actually 
physically balancing both? Do you have, to, do you have like a very set schedule of when you do your content planning and planning your content like way in advance because you know that maybe like your schedule at the hospital might not be as predictable? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really lucky that, lucky and unlucky, I guess it makes it harder to plan like media trips and things, but my schedule at the hospital is set about six months in advance. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So when, nice. I'm, when I'm here, the, the nice thing about the career that I have is that when I'm at the hospital, you know, I'm at work and my focus is on work, but then when I leave work, somebody else is covering for me at the hospital and so I don't have to think about work and I'm not on call at home or like, you know, I don't get mm-hmm. called in at the mm-hmm. last minute. It's really completely yeah. separate. Like, you know, once I walk away from the hospital, then I don't have to think about it until my next shift. And so I, I really have a good idea of, you know, like, okay, I have two days off on Tuesday and Wednesday, and that, you know, that wouldn't change at the last minute, which is really lucky. Right, that is really plan. nice. But I do yeah. plan my content in advance. Uh, it depends, you know, a, a lot of sponsored work, you know, needs to be in for brands, to, you know, for kind of content review and things like that a few weeks mm-hmm. in advance. And so... You know, I often will have that done well ahead of time, but then kind yeah. of other stuff, it's sort of a little bit more like I'm finishing Monday's post on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to your blog growth, so you've been blogging for 13 years, so mm-hmm. a huge part of how you are, where you are today when it comes to your blog is in large part probably because you've been consistent for 13 years. Mm-hmm. But what could you also attribute to the growth of your blog? You know, I think that the the biggest factor is creating high-quality, consistent content so that whenever those sort of breaks happen, in air quotes, you know, like a like a feature on BuzzFeed or a mention in an MSN article or, you know, things like that, that I'm set up to, you know, like have something to put forward to the people that come to my blog. And then I think the other thing is really consistent um, and a lot of attention on SEO. What are the key things to keep in mind when you are posting something and want to make sure it's SEO friendly? Well, I think, you know, starting with the right keyword. So mm-hmm. I think there, are, you know, I'm I'm not an SEO expert, but I think <laughs> that, you know, what I do is try to find a keyword that people are looking for. First of all, you know, you don't want to write something that people aren't looking for, aren't interested in, and then trying to figure out a way to spin it so that it's different than what everybody else has done. Because you're not going to be able to go up against, you know, a site like trying to think of an example like uh allrecipes.com or you know some big if they're like ranking for that the chance of you sort of coming in and outranking them I think is like you know it it, like you're not going to rank for like jello molds or something like really broad it's got to be you know something with a little bit of a twist on it or something that's a little bit more like trendy um so you know picking the right keyword and then making sure you know your images are optimized with keywords for file names you're working it into headings you're making you're working it into h2 headings it's in your recipe smart you know um your rich markup of your recipe things like that so i love those tips those are really good tips and easy to do that like you can like go into your last post today and like see like okay did i 
make sure that I have like a good solid keyword and are there any tweaks that I need to make and make sure my image description is optimized. I feel like mm-hmm. those are good, really good, like tangible, easy things that someone could do today. So you also have your YouTube channel and was YouTube always something that you felt really comfortable and excited, excited to do, or was it just a natural progression with the type of content that you have? God, getting into YouTube is so stressful. <laughs> it's still so stressful. I am so stressed behind the camera. I'm sure it probably comes off in my videos, but I'm like very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> do you do all the filming and photography or your blog yourself, or do you sometimes hire that out? I do. Um, the filming, I will often work with a friend of mine who we do a lot of our video together because, you know, it's hard to be in your own videos if you yeah. don't have a second set of hands. And so we yeah. can kind of, um, you know, work together really easily that way. Uh, but for my blog, I do all the my own photography. Awesome. And then for photography, were you just self-taught? Yeah, just hundreds of thousands of photos. What are your thoughts on how some people, you know, like they put all their eggs in the Instagram basket and have kind of like let their blog fall to the side as opposed to, you know, still seeing the power of actually having your blog in your own platform? I mean, I think it's really risky. I really, you know, I, I think about this a lot, you know, because every other day you're reading some article about how blogs are dead or like nobody's reading blogs or anything. And I think it's just, you know, my blog traffic is more than it ever has been. And I own my blog. I mean, I think there are factors that can affect it. Things like Google, you know, Google could change their algorithm or something like that. And so there are external things that, you know, control how people find my blog, but nobody can just, you know, bury my content so that it's like physically impossible to find. And at the end of the day, you know, social media channels are running a business and they have to, you know, provide numbers for the people who have invested in them. And, and so that, you know, comes from ad revenue. And I think we're, you know, we're seeing that Instagram is also becoming more of a pay to play environment, which is, I think just most bloggers are not coming in with a bunch of income to like, you know, pay to have their content seen. So I think it's really risky. Right. Do you feel like because of that, because of how things are changing on Instagram, people are going to really soon start to again see the value of the blog again? Like it's going to kind of quote unquote make a comeback? Like all the people who are saying it's dead or a year from now are going to be like, and it's back. I think, I think it's tough, you know, it's because it really doesn't, it doesn't matter what I think as a blogger. It really matters what people want to consume exactly and so you know even though I can like raise you know stick my hand up and like say like my blog is everything <laughs> you know it like doesn't really matter if nobody's listening so yeah um so I think it really you know it's how to provide valuable content to people that they want to pay attention to and really you know as a blogger we have to figure out what that means because you know for SEO Google is favoring longer articles. So, you know, most of the top posts on, on uh, that rank on Google are at least 1,500 words, which is much longer than most blog posts. And so if people are coming to you to, for some kind of information topic, then it has to be like an incredibly thorough kind of 
you know, look at whatever that topic is and done in a really kind of comprehensive way in order for people to come across it. But then, you know, you also have to have that personal thing that's going to have them come back too. And so it's just trying to figure out what that is so that people can consume it on their mobile device. But, you know, 1500 words when you're on your phone, I mean, it's just like, I, I just feel like, you know, there are all these different kind of messages as to what's important. But at the end of the day, it's really, you know, what do people want to read? And so it's really compelling content that's adding value to their life. I think that's, you know, that's what, that's what the most important thing is. For sure. A hundred percent. Instead of just like, you know, posting for the sake of posting, Mm -hmm. because then that just becomes noise. And we all know that there's plenty of that on the internet. So why contribute to that noise? For you, what is it that you really feel is like the true value you're bringing to your audience? I try to, you know, I try to, on my blog, share things that I think, you know, my ideal audience would enjoy. And so for me, I'm writing for somebody that's like me, you know, kind of a working professional who has a limited amount of time and who needs you know, recipes for lots of different situations. So mostly like easy things that really look good, that are easy to accomplish and and are healthy, but then also the occasional, you know, oh, I have a three-day weekend. Why don't I like try to make something really fun, like a, you know, like a layer cake or macarons or things like that. And, and so, you know, finding that balance of kind of easily accessible, helpful recipes and like kind of treat yourself kind of, you know, food. And then also because I love to talk about travel, You know, I I write for the person who's, you know, working really hard and then is taking a vacation and, you know, needs a good guide of what to do and what to eat while they get there. And so I'm just trying to, you know, basically, if I have a bunch of friends that are reading it, you know, do something that would be helpful for them. Yeah. And I think the best way, like, you know, you can be helpful is by speaking directly to someone and you have that very clear, like it is the person who like is busy. They have a job that is time consuming, but they still love to do these things as opposed to trying to share recipes or travel adventures and trying to like please everyone because then it's like you're not talking to anyone at all. So how often do you check now your metrics? How important is that to stay up to date on what's going on analytically? Uh, I I look at my traffic every day, but I have to say I I'm not analyzing like Google Analytics probably in a way that I should be. So I think it's something you know to see like I know what my most popular posts are, and I you know they're all desserts of course, um, and so you know I know that that's something that people are coming to me to, and I love desserts so. I'm always happy to make more dessert recipes, but as far as like, you know, how to really dig into analytics and see, you know, like what articles have more bounce rate, like a higher bounce rate or, you know, like what people are spending more time on. Um, I think it's definitely something that I could think about a little bit more thoughtfully. Do you feel like, I mean, it's just not totally necessary in the way that you create and plan your content to know that, that you trust that you know, maybe your intuition that what you're creating is what your audience is wanting right now. I I always hope that, but I do think that, you know, looking at the data is something that, you know, if I knew how to do it better, I think it would be something that I could really use to grow. So 
probably something I should, or at least hire, hire somebody to do for me. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, how often do you feel like you also have to be aware of the industry trends and like how the industry is shifting? Do you read articles for that? Do you listen to podcasts or do you kind of just still go to the beat of your own drum? I, I try to stay up to date on what the trends are. Um, I'm on a, a couple different like SEO newsletters and I try to read, you know, like if there are linked articles that I come across, I try to read them, especially I think, you know, for the, the biggest one is Instagram trends. It's really hard not to get sucked into these like articles that are like 10 ways to increase your Instagram engagement, which, you know, like none of them are ever helpful. Right. So <laughs> like I try to avoid that stuff, you know, that's just like another vlogger writing about their experience and more yeah. go for the stuff that's, you know, like we analyzed 10,000 Instagram posts and, you know, these three hashtags stood out or like, you know, like Instagrams with the color pink get like 25% more engagement, you know, things like that where it's like actually research based and not just like some blogger is like, well, I was in an Instagram pod and like, it worked for me or, you know, whatever. So it's so true because it's such a personal experience in that sense with like the Instagram pod, for example. So it depends like, okay, how many people are in it? How many people actually wanted to be in it and weren't just like MIA? Like there's so many variables that you can't really for something like that say, this is the solution. And I think a lot of that kind of get rich quick stuff on Instagram, like beating the algorithm it only works until they adjust the algorithm to like wipe that out, you know? So I'm sure as soon as they read an article about Instagram pods, they were like, okay, well let's update it so that if somebody comments on every post, it's not weighted as much as if like somebody just comments randomly, you know, like they can just adjust the algorithm and then that doesn't matter anymore. It's just white noise. So I just think there's no gaming it. You just have to kind of do the work. Right. And honestly, that's like everything else in life. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think like it's funny how with the Internet, there's kind of this sense of, oh, everything can be, quote unquote, hacked. And there's like a shortcut for everything. But it's like at the end of the day, like the things that where you're looking for true value as the outcome, it can't be, quote unquote, hacked. No, I totally agree. When was the moment when you realized, oh my gosh, I did it. I made this happen. <laughs> I don't know if I've realized it yet. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there's always so much to be done. I, I mean, I, you know, I feel like I hit that milestone where I probably could have hired somebody a couple of years ago, especially because I have a full-time income, you know, that I could support. Um, I could support that like extra help. But then, so I think that that would have been a really great milestone. But then I just decided that it wasn't the right fit because I, I'm pretty, I'm really particular and I also have extremely like strange hours. And so, you know, having somebody in person wouldn't necessarily work. Uh, so I don't know. I think I, TBD. TBD. Okay. We'll keep, <laughs> we'll keep you accountable to that and <laughs> share it when you find it. How do you stay motivated when you do have like all these moving parts and just so much going on? Like, how do you really just stay like fully in it and present and not be like, oh, this is just so much? 
I definitely have days where I'm discouraged. You know, I think there it's just hard when you sort of go down the rabbit hole. Like Coachella was like a really dark time for me. I feel like because <laughs> because you see all these like quote unquote like Instagram models with like 1.5 million followers, and they're like. You know, that's, like, their their whole job in one day is to, like, create an Instagram post. Like, like that's, like, literally their entire workflow is, like, one photo. And, and so I'm, like, what am I doing wrong? But, uh, but I think, in general, for me, like, the motivation comes from inside, you know, when I'm ignoring that sort of external, like, just BS. And I'm just, like, I'm obsessed with it. Like, I just, you know, I'm, like there's like a fire that just like drives me and I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. Like it totally consumes me every time I'm, you know, when I'm outside of work, all I want to do is work on it. You know, I mean, my husband, I'm really lucky. I have like an amazing husband who like yanks me back to your reality and like make sure that we get quality time together. Yeah. But if left to my own devices, I could work 24 hours a day on the blog and it wouldn't feel like work. I love that. Did you ever have any, um, maybe from friends or family being like, you're going to like burn yourself out if you try to do these two things like full on mm-hmm. or was everyone pretty like, you got this? I think people are always a little skeptical and maybe they didn't. I'm so, I mean, it's just part of my personality. I'm like, a, am pretty, I don't know. I mean, forceful seems like such a negative word, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty strong in my personality and I, nobody really pushes me around. And so, you know, I don't think anybody ever in my face was like, you know, you you should like, you should really think twice. You're going to like blow up in flames because I've always just, you know, like I said, when I was five, I was going to be a doctor and like, here I am. Like I just did it. You know, I just like muscled it and I like, you know, made it happen. So I don't think I have a track record of not achieving my goals that people would necessarily like, you know, try to kind of cast doubt. So, but who knows what they're saying behind my back? (laughs) No, no. I mean, I, I asked the question because a lot of people who reach out to me who are just starting a blog will um, say things like, yeah, I really want to get this started, but my, um, husband thinks it's too much to do with like my full-time job or like, um, my friend, I don't know, just like these kind of external things where they're like, I think my husband are telling me I can't. My husband did definitely have reservations. I think he was expecting, we met my first year of med school, you know, so the blog was there, but it wasn't that serious. And I think his expectation was that by the time I started residency, that it sort of would have kind of gone to the wayside. And so I think he was a little dismayed that it started getting more serious instead of less. Um, and But his concern was never that I was going to burn out. It was just that we weren't going like, to get enough quality time together. And so he's done a really great job of you know, like basically my nights are protected. Like if I'm home at night because I'm not at the hospital, then it's like our time together. And I don't usually, I don't blog on the weekends unless I'm like, you know, we're traveling together and creating content together. And so really, you know, it's like a job where like the off, I leave it, you know, like I leave it behind when we're together. I try, you know, this is always, it's like one of those ebb and flows where like, you know, 
I, like, I, things get a little out of balance, and then he has to sit me down and, like, right, right. <laughs> be like, you realize we've been on Instagram for the last 45 minutes and we're sitting next to each other, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. but he's just, like, such a, like, a great balance. Um, I think I've been really lucky that way. Yeah, and I think it also speaks to your ability to create boundaries for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, to be that strong person who's like, these are my boundaries, this is, and be able to just kind of place them together and stick to that. Because that's probably a huge part of why you're able to do both these things, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. is because you have set those boundaries for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And it's all, it's really about, you know, figuring out if you had to list them out, like, where are your priorities? And so for me, you know, my relationship is, is first and then my career is second. So, and as long as I make him feel like that's the priority, then I think he really supports whatever I do. I'm not going to say that he's always like the first one that's like, yeah, of course I want to videotape you. Like, like, you know, like I remember like five or seven years ago or however long I like posted the first photo of myself and it was like such a nerve wracking thing. And he's like, you are not doing this. Are you kidding me? You're putting pictures of yourself online. And we like, I like went to a park and like like hid in the trees and making him take photos of me because I was so embarrassed. And, you know, I just remember him like being like, I'm really ashamed that you're like putting your, you know, like, because this was still when like, it wasn't like, this was like before Instagram, you know, I mean, it. and so, you know, I remember him being really skeptical about that. But now he's like, did I get the right ankles? You know, I just had to wear him down. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? I remember being in like only wanting to take my outfit of the day photos in the backyard where literally like no one could see me and have my mom take the picture. And now I'm like, you know, in the middle of like a thousand people and like talking to the camera or, you know, like posing in a like really like ridiculous dress or, you know, whatever. It's just funny how you just, I mean, I think the advice that I got on that was that you know, like nobody else cares. Like really, like at the end of the day, and you can see it in these, you know, when you see these big YouTubers, like, you know, they're vlogging and like people are just like around them doing their normal daily life. And they're like, you know, maybe they give you five seconds of thought, oh, there's a weirdo with a camera. And then they never think about it again. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I made somebody raise their eyebrows while they were like, you know, on Instagram, walking down the street, like, they don't care. They're never going to think about it again. They're not like sitting there really like pondering, like, who is this strange girl who's getting her photo taken? Like, they don't care. It doesn't affect their life. And so, you know, you don't need to live yours like what you're doing is impacting them because it's not. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's so, such a funny, interesting thing, like how as humans, we think that like someone else is like literally spending like so much time thinking about or judging us so I mean it's just not true you know I mean it's the same thing when you you know see somebody dressed like you know in an eccentric way walking down the street you like like wow that's a lot and then you you know and then you like move on you move on and you just never think about it again (laughs) exactly it's so true I think that's such an important thing to remember especially I mean especially in this industry but really just in life in general, like everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah, exactly. So I think you really just have to do, you know, you have to do what's your like true thing, 
you know, just. Yeah. And I think there's also that check-in moment where it's like, okay, am I feeling awkward and real because I'm forcing something that isn't like true to me or authentic to me? Or is it just that like, I'm being kind of self-conscious right now. Exactly. Because I feel like those are two different things, too. No, that's where so true. Sometime, yeah, and, like, sometimes when it comes to blogging or Instagram or anything like that, there is that pressure to be like, oh, this type of post seems to work for all these people. I need to try to do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, this might be a silly example, but, like, let's say, like, the coffee, the infamous coffee cup um photo on Instagram like if you don't drink coffee like don't try to force it just because you think that's the type of post that gets likes and also recognizing sort of when you need to push through the discomfort because it's really just you know like for you know for me it's like blogging like you know it's not that I don't want to do it it's just that it's like so unnatural but you know if I just keep doing it or like getting your photo taken or things like that you know it's not because I don't want pictures of myself online it's really that it's just it's hard but you know like to push through it versus something like like your example I totally agree yeah because when you push through that that's like when the reward is on the other side Mm -hmm. because you feel like that pride that you actually like you did it you got out of your comfort zone and I'm a true believer that when you do things outside of your comfort zone like that's when you kind of really start to like have a newfound appreciation for the things that you do yeah uh, speaking of pushing yourself past your comfort zone, is there anything other than the YouTube channel when it comes to your blog that you've really had to kind of push yourself to the next level when it comes to your blog? Definitely, you know, the including photos of myself with traveling. You know, I think that um, definitely when I look at other people's travel content, you know, it used to be that people would just post like a thousand photos of their vacation and they wouldn't be in any of them. And then once I started to see, you know, then you stop and you'd be like, Oh, there's this one photo of them doing something. And that was all the photo, always the photo I was drawn to, you know, you're like, Oh, there's like another photo of pine trees. There's another photo of like a pretty lake, you know, you just scroll, 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 but it was always the person that I stopped on. And that was, I was like, you know what, that's, that's like, you know, I'm the average person in this regard. Like, that's what people want to see is they want to see somebody enjoying that space. They don't just want to see pictures of it. And so I think, you know, that was sort of the, the time where I started incorporating myself into my travel posts. Totally. I love that. I think that's also such a good piece of advice that kind of ties to what we were talking about earlier and that, like, doing this work and creating the content based on how someone wants to consume it. Mm-hmm. So like you had like that, that, sorry, I'm at work. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Okay, okay. Um, so you have that awareness that like, this is how I like to consume content. And then you're able to kind of shift your direction based on that. Exactly. I think that's so cool. So, There's two questions that I always use to wrap up these chats and they're more lifestyle related, but the first one is what was your morning routine today? Well, I got up at, let's see, I got up at 515 and I went for a run with my dog and uh, made myself coffee and um, had a quick shower. And then I did my drive to work because I'm at the hospital today. And, um, and so it wasn't, there wasn't much. It was mostly just 
get the things done on my checklist before I need to go to work. So, but I usually try to, um, especially because our dog is home during the day by herself. Um, luckily we have a yard for her, but I always try to take her up for a run, um, in the morning before I go to work. Love that. And then what is your favorite lifestyle hack or like your tip or trick that you have up your sleeve? It could be anything like it could be blog related, uh, recipe related, DIY, anything. Um, I would say that, um, with a tripod, you can make anything look effortless. So, you know, like whether it be kind of, you know, an Instagram shot of drinking tea, or I like to do a lot of flat lays, like with my legs in them, you know, like you're doing some kind of creative scene, or even just like self portraits that look like somebody else took them. You know, I think that, um, especially because a lot of us are working alone, you know, we don't have an assistant who's flying us around with a camera. We don't have, you know, like a professional photographer that's at our beck and call. I think really becoming comfortable with a tripod, um, even when it comes to taking pictures of yourself, can be really a powerful tool to like building that lifestyle brand. Yeah, I love that. Do you think that like you need to have like a fancy tripod or just when you get started kind of is it worth the investment in like a really fancy one or just kind of anyone works? You know, I think that first? if you're really getting started and you're not sure what you need, I would just get a tripod that works for an iPhone or a cell phone. So you can do a lot of those things. Even filming video is, you know, pretty good quality on a, on a phone these days. And so just getting one that, you know, will hold your iPhone in the position that you need it to. And then when you figure things out and you really, I mean, I think that something that's helped me along the way is when you start to understand the limitations of your gear, then it's time to get new gear. You know, you don't necessarily need to start with the fanciest camera, but once you realize what you're not able to do that you want to do with the entry level camera that you have, then it's time to think about investing in new equipment. I love that. That's so true because so many people are like, well, I can't get started with my photos because I don't have a fancy camera yet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, depending on your knowledge of photography, if you had the fancy camera, would you be using it just as a point and shoot? Mm-hmm. Like you'd use your iPhone. I love that. That's such a big, like, that's a really cool aha moment that I had <laughs> just now. Like, just like thinking about it that way. Like why, like go to level 10 when you wouldn't even know how to use level yeah, 10. Yeah, exactly. And then also, you know, you may figure out that level 10 actually doesn't have, you know, that one thing that really you needed and level, you know, like, and a certain other brand actually does. And so then you've spent all this money and it's actually still not what you want. So, so true. Oh my gosh, Kelly, I love that. <laughs> Well, where can everyone find you? Uh, So you can find me on the web at asideofsweet.com. And then I'm on Instagram at asideofsweet. And then YouTube, youtube.com slash asideofsweet. I try to keep it easy for you guys. Yes, appreciate it. (laughs) Instead of like having to like 20 different. Or try to spell my last name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. This was so much fun to catch up and just chat and really I think you're that permission slip for people like they can do both. They can have their career and they can have the blog. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.